Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production. Available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson on Demand. Andrew Harris of the Toronto Argonaut. My guys said they did all the negotiating with the Argos and then pinball called them last minute. Did that happen with you? Initially, I just talked to Pete Costanza, who was the running back coach in Winnipeg last year. I, I, I sent a message out to him and just said, uh, hey, would there be any interest, any interest from Toronto uh, about, about bringing me in? He said, yeah, let me get back to you. And then the next day, uh, pinball actually called me right out the gate. So they brought the closer in right, right, off, the, right off the jump. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome inside the RP Show, your favorite daytime sports talk show in Canada. And we say hey to our Canadian sports fan friends in the United States. It is episode number 697 of the RP Show, daytime sports talk, emanating from the Grey Eagle Resort and Casino in lovely Calgary, Alberta. Oh, right out of the gate, we got it going. And we welcome uh, to the program the lovely, talented co-host and president of DuPont Media, Darren DuPont. How you doing, Moose? I'm doing well. Doing well. Although we got a bunch of snow and it's cloudy. This isn't what I'm used to for the last week or so. Yeah, it is what it is. Minus three uh, Celsius, 26 Fahrenheit uh, here. What are we, the Weather Channel now? I know. Um, I just realized, do you have something special planned for our 700th show of the RP show? Should come your way around... Thursday or Friday. Well, I'm glad you gave me a heads up that it's coming this week. Maybe that's when we'll have our live audience. What do you think? Ah, that's a great idea. See? Call it. We're seconds into the show, and we're already making miracles happen. Call it now. Yeah. Uh, Friday show? Whatever day is 700. Yeah, Thursday or Friday. Stick with us. (laughs) Coming up on the program today, it's just going to be fantastic. Ryan Leslie from Sportsnet Flames, as you heard off the intro there, uh, the Flames contenders they're in it to win it after acquiring Tyler Toffoli yesterday Ryan Leslie will join us to speak on uh, the big trade and uh, Toffoli's first session with the media is this morning Ryan will recap that with us Flames great Rick Natris will be with us as well NHL uh, a veteran of 11 seasons and the great Lee Genier a guy that really needs no introduction but I'll introduce him to you anyways former NLL executive of the year President of the Saskatchewan Rush, 20 seasons the VP of Sales and Marketing for the Calgary Stampeders, and also the president of the CEBL for a, for a period of time, too. Lee Genier is going to be with us right here at Grey Eagle, so we're looking forward to that. Can you hit the uh, quick six show horn, uh, Jordan, and we will move into this daytime sports talk. This is a really big reason why you love this show, because we talk about the very latest of what's going on. And Darren, did you see... Team Canada beat China 7-2 in men's hockey in Beijing this morning to move into the quarterfinals. Canada will now face Sweden in the medal round. Games starting at, what, 7 a.m., 6.30 aren't ideal for all of those of us. But whatevs. I caught some of the game. Some was sound. Some not was sound. I was running in the gym here on the treadmill, so I caught a portion of that. My crush, Mike Johnson, was doing color with Chris Cuthbert. I don't know if they were in Beijing or not. Doesn't matter. 
Can somebody tell me, has the curling been a little more competitive than the men's hockey? Because this game wasn't competitive. I mean, I was zero in on the goalies. And that guy for China, I felt bad for. I know. He, he, was, he shouldn't have been playing hockey. I think he should choose another profession. And, and then on the other side, Canada got up 5-1, and they, were, they got into bad habits, taking bad penalties. And I'm like, why am I watching this? This isn't good hockey. This isn't competitive. I like a close game. I like to see the game played well. That's not what happened in the Canada-China game this morning. So kudos, you won, and you moved on, but it wasn't a good game. No, it wasn't. Adam Tambellini, I'm a big fan of his. He looked good. So did Jordan Wheel. But your guy, Mike Johnson, was hilarious. In He's the, game. the best color guy going. If you didn't see on the power, I think it was a power play, Tambellini's second goal, the one-timer, they were talking, they were praising how hard his shot is. 95 miles an hour, he's going to let it go. They're showing the replay, and Mike's doing his thing. And then they showed it in tight. He's like, oh, he whiffed on it. It was a muffin. That was a muffin that went off the skate and through the legs of the Chinese goaltender. But, uh, yeah, he's entertaining. And it was, a, you know, Canada's good, but that was not a good game. Best hockey analyst today, Mike Johnson. Write it down. So Canada won. Uh, Canada has won its second gold medal of the Beijing Games. The trio of Isabel Weideman, Valerie Melte, and Ivani Blondin set a new Olympic record as they beat Japan to win gold in the women's team pursuit speed skating event. Snowboarder Max Perot will be heading home from Beijing with two Olympic medals. The border from Bromont, Quebec, won the bronze in the men's big air competition after winning the slope style earlier in the games. And in men's curling, Brad Gushu's rink topped China 10-8 before dropping a 7-6 extra end decision to Russia. Gushu's team will need a win over Great Britain on Wednesday to assure Canada a spot in the medal round. That's point one, Olympic talk. Moving on. By the way, I'm not going to say that it's not important to talk about that. I just saw the ratings. Did you see the ratings for the top 10 most watched shows in Canada this week? No. Top four were all Olympic stuff. So I get everybody's into it. But here's the thing. When the Olympics are over, the NHL is still going to be going on. And let's talk about that. In no particular order, one-timers from Monday night. In St. Paul, Minnesota, rookie Matt Boldy had his first career hat-trick and added a helper to lead the Minnesota Wild to a 7-4 win over Detroit. In Seattle, Mitch Marner had a goal and two assists. Michael Bunting added a goal and a helper. And Tirana snapped a two-game losing streak with a 6-2 win over Seattle. I'm sorry. My laptop just went off. Did you hear that? Did that <laughs> yeah. pick up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Winnipeg. Alex DeBrinkett scored his 28th goal midway through the third period, and Chicago defeated Winnipeg 3-1. DeBrinkett beat Jets goalie Connor Hellebuck with a high shot at 9.42 to break a one-all tie. Patrick Kane had a goal and an assist, and Brandon Hagel added an empty netter. The Flower made 30 saves for the Blackhawks. Mark Shifley scored for the Jets, and Hellebuck stopped 21 of the 23 shots he faced. Jets 2-0-1 in their previous three games going in. Uh, let's talk about happy things today, not the Winnipeg Jets. It's not time to do the postmortem yet, unless your area code is 204, because it's over. Let's talk about happier things. In San Jose, Stuart Skinner made 20 saves in his first career shutout, and Edmonton beat San Jose 3 nothing. I'm telling you, Skinner is the Oilers' best goalie. Been saying it for a while. That? Connor McDavid. Darnell, Mar Darnell Nurse and Warren Fogle scored for the oil. Former Sharky Vander Kane returned to San Jose for the first time with the orders. He was booed every time he touched the puck. 
James Reimer made 36 saves as San Jose lost its fourth in a row. So the Sharks are muffins. But whatever, the Oilers need a slump buster, they need a confidence builder, and they got it. Now, uh, the LA Kings will host the Oilers tonight. Not much rest for the Edmonton Oilers, but that's what went down Monday night. Our poll question today came from producer Clark. It's for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center, and it is, which is the top team in the NHL's Pacific Division? Now, I had to look at the standings. I had to make an executive decision, Moose. Okay. Do we have Moose, or did we lose him on camera here? Do we have Moose? Oh, yeah. There we go. I had to make an executive decision. Because the top four teams as we sit here today are Vegas, Calgary, Anaheim, and L.A. But that didn't seem right to me. That didn't sit right with me. Okay. So the options in the poll are Vegas, Calgary, Anaheim, and Edmonton. That's the poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center. Uh, Who's the best team in the NHL's Pacific Division? I voted for the Calgary Flames. Y'all, how are you answering that question? I would expect, you know, and this came up because of the Eichel coming back and the Toffoli trade. I would, but I would expect because we're in Western, we're a big audience in Western Canada. Mm-hmm. That Edmonton and Calgary will will get the votes. Um, I think Vegas is the better team. I don't know where they're at with Mark Stone, but getting Jack Eichel back and if Stone can get back into the lineup by the playoffs or whenever that happens, how they you know finagle the cap. I think Vegas is the best team right now, but it's really tight. Well, I'll tell you, uh, Jason and Red Deer watching says 100% the Flames are the best team right now, maybe even the best in the league. From Chris, she says, uh, Flames top team. Yeah. BW checking in on YouTube. Good morning. I will tell you that everybody is getting down in this town about the Calgary Flames, and I am just pleased as punch that it looks like we're going to be here through the spring and what should be a long Calgary Flames playoff run. I'm just happy to have a front row seat, which incidentally, I have a point here, NHL tonight. That's like .5, Moose, so we'll get to that in a minute. But the Flames are home to Columbus tonight, and you and I are going. So that's exciting. Very We knew when we got back to Calgary this was going to be awesome. The Anaheim Ducks are here tomorrow. Like, it's going to be hockey every night. And I got some WHL... uh, responsibilities and duties have come up here in Alberta for me. I got my Wheat Kings jacket on today. Bob's your uncle. Things are good. Bob's your uncle. I'm just, I'm just going to read a quick one here on the NFL. This is the story I was referring to yesterday, Darren. The NFL, I'm reading from a wire story. The NFL never stops making news. Even after the Super Bowl, pro football doesn't fade from view. Next up is the scouting combine in two weeks, followed by free agency in mid-March and key owners' meetings at the end of that month. Then the draft in late April, this year in Vegas, where even the fountains at Bellagio will play a role. Follow that with OTAs and mini camps. And before Rams fans have exhausted their celebrations of winning the Lombardi Trophy, training camps are opening. All of that drawing the kind of attention every other sport envies. So that's what we'll be paying attention to, to the NFL. But I saw this. I saw my first... NFL mock draft came into my inbox, and my heart sunk into my stomach. I hate the NFL draft talk stuff. I, I don't like it. I know you don't. Do you like it? Um, not as much because I don't, I'm not, I don't watch a, lot, a ton of college football. Um, when we get closer to it, I'll be more into it. But, um, yeah, there's such a huge audience for that thing. Uh, right. Uh, 
I, as always, I'm the fish swimming upstream on it, but I just, it was exciting last year with all the quarterbacks going in. That I get. This year, there's not one quarterback, I don't think, in the top five I know. expected to go. I'm like, no, turn it off. Anyways, I'm going to jump on. Well, I'll read the Raptors for the Raptors fans that are watching. C.J. McCollum scored 23 points, and the New Orleans Pelicans shot a season best 58.4% to defeat the Raptors 120 to 90 in oh, New no. Orleans. Yeah, Fred Van Vliet scored 20, and Spicy P added 18 for Toronto. They've lost two straight after an eight-game win streak. Um, I've got point six. I'm jumping all out of order here, but Coyotes Arena. You've been asking me, and incidentally, it's 11-11 in the heartland. Ooh, pay attention to your thought. The time is now. I did a little reading. Moose has been after me. It was like Sunday, I think. He's like, ask me on the air about the Coyotes Arena thing. I want to talk about the Coyotes Arena thing. And I'm like, oh, boy. Last night over our Valentine's buffet, I'm like, what do you want to talk about this for? I'm like, stab me. But you want to talk. So I did a little reading. And now I have my take on the Coyotes Arena situation. They're going to be playing in an arena at ASU, Arizona State University campus in Tempe. That's between 3,500 and 5,000 seats. I've done my reading. I've done my research. It's not totally off what I thought, but I did learn some stuff on it. What's your opinion on what the Coyotes are going to do for the next three years? I just think it's a, I think it's a good opportunity for the Coyotes to create some buzz. That's what I think, you know, and I think, you know, it takes the pressure off of ticket sellers and, you know, the branding people to try and fill Mm -hmm. 15,000 seats, right? Or 13,000 seats or whatever. All you got to do is try and fill five. Yeah. All you have to do is create a good atmosphere. They could play, and, and I know people say, oh, the rink sucks, and it's not a great rink, and it's not NHL quality. They could go play in the old Rutherford rink in Saskatoon. I know it's burned to the ground, but a 100-year-old rink with concrete everywhere that fit 800 to 1,400 people, doesn't matter. When, it, when a building is full, there's nothing better than that atmosphere. When the fans are right on top of the players, and visiting teams are going to go into a 5,000-seat arena, and it's going to be loud if, if you get 5,000 people in there and create an atmosphere. So here's an opportunity to create a really strong brand in the desert. And then when you go to 15,000 seats, you'll pre-sell tickets. There'll be some demand, right? And if this team ever snuck into the playoffs with a 5,000-seat arena, I mean, it, it's, there's a recipe there for some success. Interesting. <sighs> that you could be so wrong. Patrolman Pete watching in Winnipeg says that that arena is perfect, dot, 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 for the Winnipeg ice. From John Ohm in Winnipeg, he says 5,000 seats. What a joke. Move them now, NHL. From my cousin Christine in Medicine Hat, she says, brutal. I again find it astounding how much people care about the Coyotes Arena situation. And that's fine. Here's your daily reminder that we are broadcasting live on Game Plus Television Network out of Toronto, airing in all 10 Canadian provinces and 31 U.S. states, and adding more as we speak. Jason in Red Deer says, so the Coyotes' attendance will be basically the same, but they can't or won't be paying the giant lease fees. However, they will also not be making any money from concessions. I'm shocked that that's your stance, that it would create a buzz because it's a smaller arena. You had your chance, now's mine. What I looked up, 
in this whole scenario is that they don't have a deal or anything for a new arena. Because I've been thinking, you're not old enough, Grasshopper, to remember when the Flames moved here from Atlanta and they played in the Corral, which Calgarians helped me out. What, it seat 7,000? Nobody, and I mean nobody, had a problem with the Flames playing in the Corral because they knew the Saddledome was being built right across the parking lot. If you wanted to have some sort of thought about where we're going, you just had to open the door and look. Oh, there's the saddle. That must be the greatest rank in the NHL. They don't have a deal for a new arena. So the linchpin in this situation for Arizona is this. Gary Bettman, the NHL commissioner, knows the owner, Alex Morello, has more money than God. And to me, I don't know all the details here, but commissioners love one thing, infinitely wealthy and rich owners. That's it. They're the guys that keep the leagues afloat. If, they, if the owners in Arizona were broke, I think the team would be gone. And why I don't like them moving to the arena, and why I think that you're wrong on this, is that if they had a deal struck and land designated, which they currently don't even have that for a new arena, I would say, okay, like we had here in Calgary, a bridge to the next arena. They don't have that. So you're big on perception, aren't you? Yeah. You're big on it. The perception is terrible that a big league team is playing in a minor league rank. And I've seen media here in Alberta say there's teams in the AJ that have nicer ranks than this one at ASU. The perception, Darren, is terrible for the National Hockey League. And you can't tell me that Gary Bettman isn't plugging his nose when he announces that he's okay with this. It's only because Morello, the owner of the Coyotes, will never go broke, ever. And that's what Gary Bettman wants. We need to take a timeout, okay? And we'll continue this when we come back. On the way, Lee Genier, Ryan Leslie, and Rick Natras. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus TV network. YouTube Live as well in 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. The place to be, Gray Eagle Resort and Casino. That's where we're at, specifically in the event center. The grandfather of redneck comedy coming your way May 28th. Go to uh, grayeagle.com to reserve your tickets. It is daytime sports talk, and that's why you love it. We're broadcasting on Game Plus TV across all 10 provinces and 31 states. And we also stream on YouTube for those that don't have it on their cable carrier. Moose DuPont's with me, as you can see, coming up on the program today. Rick Natras, Ryan Leslie, and Lee Genier. I'm, uh, I'm enjoying... We got our stuff out of the way. Now, let's hear from the viewers. Okay? Yeah. And, and I'll get to that 902 text line in a moment. I still don't understand Canadians' fascination with the Coyotes' arena situation. What is the deal? I know. I know. It's they're wild. my third favorite team, maybe fourth now. And I don't care. <laughs> I don't get it. But anyways. So many people that care about it, and you wonder why the building's empty. <laughs> if everybody that cared that? bought a ticket. Nobody. Oh. You get it. I get it. Darren in Salt Lake City says the Coyotes should be given a deadline to get a new arena secured. If they don't meet it, they need to be moved. Fair. Uh, Gino DePauli, the voice of the Oilers watching. Fellas, how are you? He says. How you now? 
Oh, not so bad. Welcome to God's Country again. Brooks Bandits versus Okotoks Oilers Saturday night. If you're looking for something to do, listen. I'm going to be behind the microphone for the Winnipeg Ice and Red Deer Rebels. Did I tell you that? You did. Saturday night. So, Gino, let's just, just pick another night and I'll be there. Jeff, the Stamps fan, texts and says, Stampede Corral sat approximately 7,500. Sorry, I said 7,000. Whoops. First ever Calgary Hitman victory was against the Regina Pats, and I called it. The winning goal scored by Boris Protsenko, the Ukrainian nightmare, in, I believe, 1995. And what I do remember about that game was that the, sh- the boards came up to the guy's shoulders. Guys were getting hit. Very high boards in the corral. That's what the guys told me after yeah. the game. Um, Robin Wildy watching in Prince Albert, the gateway to the north. He says, Biznasty's defending the move there. Of course he is. He works for the Coyotes. Come on, Robin. Listen, did you see the interview that we had with Biznasty when he was on the air? Because I'll tell you a story. I was listening to the Coyotes pregame show one day, driving to the rink in Arizona. And uh, Biznasty's on the air. This was three years ago? Three, four years ago? And he's on the radio saying that the Coyotes are in year three of a five-year rebuild. And I'm like, five-year rebuild? We got to the arena, or I got to the arena. I'm riding the elevator up with Biz, and I said, really? Come on, really, Biz? They're in year three of a five. What are you talking about? And he's like, got to sell it, man. Got to sell it. (laughs) Oh, I know. (laughs) And by the way, where, where are the Coyotes today on that rebuild? Can you... Please tell me. That's like your 15th, I think. They're the worst team in the Western Conference. Again. And back to that Coyotes thing. You said, tell me what you said in the break about it being a, a novelty for the players or something. Yeah, and I, I, you know, obviously it's not a long-term thing for the league to want to keep them in there longer than the three years or whatever. That's not a permanent thing, right? And when you said, you know, perception... Well, the perception is just not good now. So for me, it's like, from a business perspective, what do you got to lose? It can't get worse. So let's take a shot to create some sort of an atmosphere. And for the players, like, there's some good and bad here because, you know, going into Arizona now, and it's like, we're going to play in front of like 6,000 people in this empty building. For the visiting team. Yeah, for the, the, for the visiting team. It's like, this is, here we go. Let's go to the emptiest, quietest building. Now it could be, we're going to go to this tiny little rink. It's going to be bonkers with 5,000 people jammed in there like sardine can, like sardines. And it's going to be great. Now, these players are going to be tra- you know, changing out of an ATCO trailer and in terrible conditions. It won't be like NHL. So give and take. I think, I think it's a decent gamble to make to try and create something. Overall, I just think it's a grease fire. And how do you put out a grease fire? How do you put out a grease? Fire? I know, right? You you got to get in there at the at the bottom, and and I don't know the answer to that, yeah, because I'm not a chef. Um, there's no answer to this. It's a disaster. <laughs> That's my point. Yeah. Uh, Patrolman Pete writes in and says, "Looking forward to your radio call of the ice this weekend, Rod. Go ice, go. You brought my ice gear, right? I got yeah, I love it. Uh, 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 well, hey." And Patrolman Pete goes on to say, Moose, if there's no new rink under construction, it's permanent. 
That's what I'm saying. The fact that they don't have any location determined yet for a new arena, let alone starting to build one. That What's a two-year build? Yeah. They're not getting a new rink, man. This is not going to end well. So anyways, oh, Love Face is back, by the oh, way. Welcome. Mm-hmm. And if you can't sell 5,000 tickets, yeah, you got to move. Okay, the women are writing in friends of my, well, cousin Christine and Jennifer from the Four Seasons say, uh, with a grease fire, you put a lid on it. Suck out all the just, oxygen. You just can't move the grease fire to another city. Can we just move the grease fire to Houston? <laughs> They're all saying, you smother it. How do you smother in the coyote situation? Well, you smother it to get one of the elements of fire. You need oxygen. Get rid of the oxygen. So, <clears throat> okay. Take that for what you will. Um, that's enough on the Coyotes Arena situation. And thank you for the help. If I ever find myself with a grease fire again, <laughs> I'll know what to do. Not water. Uh, here we go. Ian in Calgary is watching on Game Plus TV. If you're watching... On Game Plus TV, anywhere across Canada or the United States, but specifically Alberta, pick up the phone and text RP, Rod Peterson, 902-518-3033. Ian in Calgary says, hey, Rod, question for today's podcast. Might be something you bring up later, but how do you think Toffoli will fit in with the Flames? He's got quite a few connections to the Flames players and staff. Personally, I don't see much adjustment, period. Oh, I think he's going to fit it like a glove he we talked about him leading the the habs in scoring last year we talked about him being a key member of the montreal stanley cup run last year i was reading the twitter feed of mike johnson i finally found mike johnson on twitter by the way and he said tyler Toffoli represented the montreal canadians with class he knew everything about that organization and forget about on ice You'd be tough to replace off ice. In Montreal, Tyler Toffoli. He's going to fit in great. And by the way, I feel like that Calgary Flames locker room would be like walking into the bar in Star Wars. You remember Boba Fett sitting there, Jabba? Like, what? Think about it. Matthew Kachuk, Milan Lucci, Johnny Hockey. Yeah, no kidding. It's an eclectic bunch now. You know, is it Characters. the right group? <laughs> Characters. But I think they have character. And Totter Toffoli is only going to help that. You know the scene that I'm talking about? Yeah, you think all those guys, and then Daryl Sutter's kind of commanding all of them. It's He's like, Obi-Wan. Right. Randy from Winnipeg. Good morning, RP crew. He says, it's close, but I'll pick Vegas over the Flames. Side note, Johnny Gaudreau leads the league at plus minus at plus 36. Isn't that something? What Daryl Sutter or um, Jared Stoll told us last week in LA, incidentally, one week ago today. Yeah. Where's time going? I know. But, anyways, Jared Stoll said he was watching the Flames from afar going, Daryl's either going to break that kid or make that kid. Johnny Gaudreau, all star this year. And you just said, Randy, um, plus 36 to lead the NHL. How about that? Now they're How talking about, about him re signing with Calgary. In the last few years, what did we see? We watched the games. We heard he was disinterested. We heard that there was a culture problem here. Now, they might be the best team in the NHL's Western Conference. Forget about the Pacific Division. Jeff Mooney's watching in the Bridge City. 
regarding Team China in men's hockey at the Olympics. He said half of China's team is Canadian hockey players. Both goalies are Canadian. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily make them good. I'm going to say it again. That goalie was diving all over the place. He scored on a fanned-on shot, which happens to the NHLers too, but he just didn't look good. I just thought that was a bad, sloppy hockey game this morning, Canada beating China. Now, I think the games will get better. uh, Canada's already lost to the United States, right? So, once. So, the the games, I think, will pick up. But this game this morning was B-A-D bad. Have you watched much Olympics, Moose? A little bit. Watched, again, I was, said I was into the halfpipe, some of the snowboarding events. Um, I was up watching the hockey game and curling this morning, too. Tough one for Gushu. Uh, I've been watching the men's curling. And he needs some help now. He needs, he's in a must-win situation to get into the playoff. So he's got to win his next game against Great Britain, who are, I think, 5-1 and one or 6-1. and one. They've been really good. Ryan watching in Saratoga, New York, says, speaking of grease fires, love faces back. That's the online (laughs) exotic dancer that comes into the YouTube section and scintillates our viewers. Patrolman Pete in Winnipeg says, love face should pony up and become an official RP show sponsor. Why? Love face doesn't need to. <laughs> doesn't need to. <laughs> Just writing into the comment section all the time. Getting the pub for free. Why buy the cow? Renata watching on YouTube and says, oil needs a goalie. Not according to last night when uh, Stuart Skinner recorded the shutty. If the orders actually commit to defense for once, uh, they, they still need a goalie, but if they play de- team defense, it'll help. For a moment last night, it was like an old WHL game. Zach Sachenko went in, the Moose Jaw War, former Moose Jaw Warrior goal. Outstanding goaltender, by the way. He went to the U of A and killed it with the Golden Bears. And when Reimer had to go out, I don't know if it was an equipment thing or what, it was Skinner and Sachenko. It was like an old playoff game in the Western League. I don't want to get into it other than I saw Zach Sachenko when he was 16 with the Moose Jaw Warriors, and I'm like, that's an NHL goalie. Next thing you know, he's going to the U of A at 20. I'm like, yeah, left th- early. There's a, clearly a story behind that that I'm not sure that I even want to get into. All I know is he ended up in the NHL, and he took a circuitous road. <laughs> Moose, I'm going to let you go, yep. and I'll bring you back an hour or two, okay? A sports update here before we go any further. Canada has its second gold medal of the Beijing Games. The women's pursuit speed skating team of Valerie Malte, Ivani Blondin, and Isabel Weidemann defeated Japan in the A final in an Olympic record time of 2 minutes 53.44 seconds. Snowboarder Max Perot, who won Canada's first gold in men's slope style, claimed bronze in the big air. The Western Hockey League announced that Regina Pats forward Connor Bedard has been named WHL Player of the Week. The 16-year-old earns his second consecutive Player of the Week honor following a seven-day stretch in which he recorded a league-best nine points over three appearances, factoring in on all but one of Regina's goals during that span. And he's still in the uh, Ram 1v1, what do you call it, highlight of the night? 
that's one really great thing about coming back to Canada is TSN Sports Center. I love it. Meanwhile, Vancouver Giants goalie Jesper Vickman has been named WHL Goalie of the Week. The Vegas Golden Knights prospect made 58 saves and a pair of road wins versus the Prince George Cougars, posting a 1.00 goals against average and a 9.67 save percentage in the process. Not much downtime for Jay Woodcroft and the Edmonton Oilers. Woodcroft improved to 2-0 as Oilers interim coach with their 3-0 road win over the San Jose Sharks. Oilers visit the LA Kings tonight. Ottawa hosts the St. Louis Blues, the Sens' sixth game in nine days. This also marks Ottawa's first contest against the Blues since October of 2019. Elsewhere, the Flames host the Columbus Blue Jackets tonight and will be at it. And center Jack Eichel will make his Vegas debut Wednesday night when the Golden Knights host Colorado. Eichel hasn't played since last March with the Buffalo Sabres because of a neck ailment. Vegas plays forward Mark Stone on the injured list with a back injury to make room for Eichel under the NHL salary cap. This sports update brought to you by Ballers Rec Room. Check out our brand new line of games for the Tap Brew House and Drive Through Liquor Store. And for Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you wings. Rick Natras to analyze the NHL coming up. Also on the way, Ryan Leslie from Sportsnet Flames and sports executive Lee Genier. We're coming to you live from the Great Eagle Resort and Casino, Calgary's entertainment destination. You're watching on the Game Plus Television Network. Also live streaming on YouTube and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. You're looking live at Grey Eagle Resort and Casino. It's the home to our residency for 25 shows in beautiful Calgary, Alberta. Just off Glenmore Trail. And I'll tell you something. This city is very excited. The Flames are home to the Columbus Blue Jackets tonight. Totter Toffoli will be in the lineup acquired from the Montreal Canadiens Monday. And joining us to talk about it. Rick Natras, a veteran of 11 NHL seasons, 536 games, and a Stanley Cup champion with these Calgary Flames. Rick, I appreciate you spending the time with us today. I know you're following this situation very closely. And have you sensed how excited Calgary is now? That, that was a real cue that this is a Stanley Cup run. Flames are in it to win yeah. it. Well, I mean, you know, everybody seems to say that all the time when they make a big deal, but I think this is a good one. They needed some more depth, Calgary, and Toffoli's. You see him, it's funny. The cost of these players, Rod, you know what I mean? Like you look at the Foley and he's only, uh, you know, broken the 30-goal plateau once in his career, uh, you know, back in 13-14, I believe it was. So, I mean, this is a guy that's consistent, plays a 200-foot game, but what you're giving up for guys. So just imagine if they would have waited, what, is it six weeks or so or whatever it is to the trade deadline and what they would have had to pay for that. So I think it's a, an early move, a good move. We're seeing that more in today's game that we're trying to get the bigger acquisitions, I guess, before the trade deadline, three, four, five, six weeks before that to see if they can gel. Because we've seen a lot of these uh, late season additions not really gel the first uh, or the time remaining they have when they get to their new teams. 
You know what, Rick? Isn't it interesting you say that? Because it's happening in junior, too. They're making trades. Yeah. The best teams are making trades a couple months ahead of the deadline rather than that flurry on the last day. What do you think that says about Brad Tree Living and his approach with the Flames this year? Well, I, you know, and I like Brad because, you know, when I had my show with the fan in, in Toronto there, and he used to come on when he was the assistant GM at Phoenix. So he was very honest. And you like guys like that, right? I mean, and you know that, right, Bob? We're not asking brain surgery questions, but can you at least get us to the point where we're trying to get to? So I think Brad has said, stated in the past, but he's liked Toffoli for a long time. So, I mean, with Daryl being there as well and the film there, they already, excuse me, that came out early, but, uh, you know, they know each other. That was a little quicker to get there. But uh, uh, they know each other. So he's got six years under Daryl, a Stanley Cup under Daryl. Tree Living wants him. He uh, Luchik is his, one of his best buddies. He also has played with three or four guys when he was in Vancouver. And he's also, you know, Monaghan. He was with the World Juniors. So th there's that fit already. There's that fit already in the need. So I think it solidifies as their top three. As we know, um, in today's game, you can't get through with four defensemen. You can't get through with two lines. You need at least three strong ones. And the fourth one's got to be, you know, can, can compete and can be heavy and not take penalties. And you need your fifth and sixth defensive to be, uh, you know, that can eat some minutes. And we're not talking seven or eight minutes when it comes to the playoffs. So I think Calgary's done a good job. You know, I've watched them. Of course, I watch them as much as I can. Uh, and I've watched them the last little while. And certainly the win against Toronto, I mean, goaltending has been an issue in Calgary. And I think they solved that problem, right? So I like where they're going. And this just solidifies their depth a little bit more. You know, I'm going to ask you about Montreal in a second and, and yeah. the sell-off there, but just with somebody asked here earlier on the show how I felt Buffoli would fit in, and I said there's some interesting characters here, right? Can you imagine walking into that dressing room now with Lou Cheech and Kachuk, and there, there's some characters, and I think there is character, yeah. but I didn't think they needed a lot. I've been in Calgary a while. I've saw them yeah. blow out the Blues 7-1. They've got a yeah. darn good team. Do you think they're done here with Toffoli, or what do you think that they could add or should add? Well, again, again, and I'm not familiar with their depth on the back end. I like, I, I like what they've done with, uh, you know, the two big boys playing five and six in the back there at, at, in their defense, you know, but I'm not sure what they have for seven or eight. And we see Giordano, if you watch the Leaf and, and the uh, Kraken play last night, there was a lot of talk of Giordano already leaving. You know the, his first uh, first year with uh, Seattle and the captaincy and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, you can't get enough defensemen, and we saw that. You know, back when I played, uh, you know, with the Flames, uh, you know, it was always difficult for that guy that fell into that five, six, seven, even eight spot. You know, when you have a lot of talent, but if you don't have those guys, um, I think you know a forward you can sort of massage that you know you can massage that move some guys around but i think you know with your back end it's certainly when you can't make any more moves and you have to rely on your depth that you have it's important to have a lot of depth on the back end so if i was you know tree living and depending on what that piece is and how much it costs because everybody's against the cap and um i would certainly be looking at uh, getting a little bit more depth with the understanding that i don't well, know what they have right yeah, of, of course. But I, like I said, I don't think they need a lot. This was a good team before, no. and it's just exciting to see that they're in. Now, what I'm hearing yeah. out of Montreal is they didn't really want to part with Toffoli. They thought a lot of him. Look what he did there in his short time with the Habs. Do you think they're doing the right thing with that move? Obviously, you were drafted by Montreal. Well, again, I you know, it's, 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 
Yeah, well, I, you know, Chris Nyland's a good friend, and he's there, and we haven't talked recently, but we've talked quite a bit, you know, and it's certainly nothing good to be said coming into this, into the trade here. But I think, you know, they've got 12 picks coming in to next year's draft. Two of them are first-rounders, the one they just got from Calgary, the one they, they own. They've got a couple guys that, you know, Josh Anderson's got five years left on his term at five and a half, and, you know, he's a a big body, he's, you know, that – you know, a lot of people compare compare him to Leclerc when he was with Montreal, not the Leclerc that was in Philadelphia, but the Leclerc in, uh, in Montreal. So, I mean, they sort of have him, and I'm, he'd be a harder move with the term he has. But if you're looking at guys like that, Petrie at 34, he's got five years left too. So they've got a lot of room there. But I think the Ben Chirot one is uh, is the big one there. And we talked about defensemen. And is that possible to get you know under the cap with his money? Uh, in Calgary, I mean, Florida, it's just amazing how these guys are, you got mathematicians working in the NHL now, how they can make this stuff work. But I think Montreal's got another first rounder and a couple more picks if they, if they, you know, keep doing what they're doing. And that could see them have like 15 picks this coming year and three of them be a first rounder. So, you know, who knows you know how quick it is, right? Yeah, I know. A long rebuild is what they're looking at there. And yeah. I mean, who saw... Who saw the bottom falling out like this? Is it as simple as saying Kerry Price hasn't Listen, played a game and Shea Weber retired? No. Like that, that? That's the reason? No, I no? Think, you know, with leadership and Weber, and they could say all that stuff, and it's a huge miss. You know, Price, Weber. I mean, you can, you know, uh, you know, you could do whatever you want. Daniel going to L.A. for, you know, a checker. What's he got? Two goals, making five and a half. So, I mean, at the end of the day, um, I think Montreal – and my son-in-law, God love him, because I started my career there, and I wouldn't have had 11 years without him. So they were great to me, Jacques LaPerriere, Serge Savard when he was in management, all that kind of stuff. It was very difficult, but best thing that ever happened to me. But, again, I think, you know, Montreal's problem has been happening for a while, and I think it was a gunslinger. And, and Bergeron, myself, Mark, I mean, nice guy and everything like that, but I thought he was a little bit of a gunslinger, as we've seen other guys, uh, uh, you know, do it. Um, you know, that or put everything up because I think this is the move and I think some of them look good. The Subban trade, everybody got mad, but Weber, you know, certainly the last year or two of his career, he started coming around because he had some injury problems when he first got there. So, but I think it's a long time coming. I use an, a, an example, Rod, that, uh, you know, for years, and I don't want to be a homer, but I'm not. I'm a Hamilton boy and grew up loving the Leafs and got to play for them for a little bit in the Gilmore deal and, and, do, and work in their community. but they used to rush guys into the lineup as we all know in the 70s 80s whatever even into the 90s uh you could say a little bit uh they used to rush guys into the lineup and and take advantage of uh, youth that wasn't prepared maybe physically they were pretty prepared to play but mentally they weren't and and we saw what that did that did to them especially on the back end for the toronto maple Leafs over the years the habs always developed and everybody asked me, what was the difference now with the two organizations? I say, well, you got one developing and the other one rushing. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, that was Montreal. No, no, now it's flipped. Toronto's the one developing. Right. Toronto's the one that's putting a lot of time and effort into the development of their prospects and, and signings and all that kind of stuff. And even free agents coming over. Montreal has been rushing guys into their lineup for years, for years, and I'd say even decades myself personally in the last 15 to 20 years. So I'm not surprised eventually you run out of stuff, right? Guys aren't ready to draft. Unfortunately, they haven't done a good job, let's be honest, with their first overall picks, and they've had some high ones, you know, third, 
fifth, somewhere in there. So they've got to do a better job that way. And I think Montreal's got to get back to the point where you've got to develop. You have to stockpile. You have to do that. You look at Tampa. You look at any team that's had success in the National Hockey League and why they've had success and why that success is waned because of the fact is they developed all these prospects. Then they traded a way to get the pieces to win a cup. And most teams have had that success. We saw it in L.A. We've seen it in Tampa. And now you have to, how do you sustain that if you don't have those draft choices again? So I think Montreal's, it's yeah. been a long time coming. But they got lucky last year because you can win with the hot goaltender. And there you go. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's going to be this brand new coach, brand new GM. They're starting yeah. all over. We're fresh out of well, time. Rick, is, I could go on all day. Can, yeah. can we oh. do this again soon? Oh, 100%. 100%. I enjoyed it. Thanks, guys. I appreciate your time. You bet, bud. Good chatting with you. Rick Natras, 11-year NHL veteran, joining us talking uh, Flames and Habs. We'll be right back with Viewer Takeover. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus TV Network, live from Gray Eagle Resort and Casino. Also, YouTube Live and 24-Hour Sports Radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. We're live from the Great Eagle Event Center. For upcoming shows, have a look over my left shoulder here on the RP Show. It is uh, Taco Time Viewer Takeover. We don't have a lot of time for it, but that's okay. We went long with Rick Natras, and I enjoyed it. That's my first ever chat with Rick Natras. He's the kind of guy that I... We could burn up a phone bill, as Clint Malarchuk likes to say. Anyways, it is Taco Time Viewer Takeover. Remember, every Tuesday is Taco Tuesday for only $2 each. The question is, do you order hard or soft shell tacos, beef or veggie? Moose and I visited Taco Time yesterday at Chinook Center Mall and loved every second of it. To the text line, and also one minute, one minute remaining in the RP Show Hour 1, regarding Friday being our 700th episode of the RP Show. Frank Limaker writes in from Airdrie and he says, hey guys, don't tease with the live audience thing. Friday's my only day off this week and I've already Google mapped my route to the Gray Eagle from Airdrie. I think we're going to do it. I think we're going to have a live studio audience. They've kind of set up already. I could, if I turn this camera around, you'd see there's chairs for a live audience. Don uh, Mitchell, our Navy friend, says, we're interested in the Coyote situation because many want to see the move to Ville de Quebec. Quebec City. That ain't probably ever going to happen, Don. But anyways, there's way too many comments to get to in this time. So we'll carry it over into Hour 2. Ryan Leslie will be with us. And Lee Genier, it's the RP Show on Game Plus. Stick around. We'll be right back after this break. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. For more Rod Peterson On Demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.